Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. We're answering a few questions after a couple weeks off. Can Kirk Cousins lead us to the promised land? And can Bradbury be a competent center with competent guard play? Uh, Grab your Lake Monster beer and find out the answers to those questions. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. I am your host, Matt Anderson, with my co-host, Ryan Ortega, and producer Dave. It has been a bit since we've done this. Um, Life has gotten busy. Uh, People have been sick. But alas, here we are, uh, almost three weeks later, a full month, as Dave says, um, we're back. We're ready to talk the Vikings in, in arguably probably the slowest time of year. Um, but before we get to that, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you guys how you were doing. I mean, it's not, I know we've had like some exchanges back and forth, but we really haven't even talked in the past few weeks either. It's, it's mainly been just quick little updates of, Hey, can't do the show. Here's why. Um, so Ryan, I'll start with you. How, how are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, we, yeah, so I had a work trip a couple weeks back, so I was going to miss that show. I think we ended up canceling anyway because uh, our guest kind of fell through. But um, week after was last week, ended up coming down with COVID. So uh, I thought I was going to be able to avoid it this whole time. And I just <laughs> finally got me here near the, well, I, I don't think it's near the end. I think there's just another roundup coming around right now. So um, right. honestly, felt pretty good through that, though. I, mean, I had a couple, couple of like those cold sweats or whatever you want to call them um last tuesday wednesday night but outside of that you know it's been pretty mild and so i'm pretty thankful um for that probably thank the vaccine for that i'm sure that's helped quite a bit (laughs) controversy here but no um and yeah uh you know yeah right uh but yeah been doing pretty well otherwise just trying to you know mitigate that in the household as much as possible with these kids well, like I said pre-show, I, I'm, I'm glad you're doing all right now. It's it's good to be back here talking, and um, yeah, I'm excited for tonight's show. So, Dave, how have you been? You still be, been working? I know Tyler's show still going on uh, mm-hmm. on Mondays. Uh, I think Flip and Eric has still had a couple shows here and there, but and yeah. and yourself on your Saturday show, he's been staying consistent. But how have you been? Saturday shows yeah. popping always. I love yes. it. Yes, oh. two old bloggers <laughs> rocking, baby. Um, no, we're doing good. We're doing a little tweaks to the channel. Uh, some people may notice, they may not, but we're doing a little tweaks to the channel as we prepare over this long summer break, uh, to get ready for the season because that's our primary time that, uh, we hit the ground running and have the six shows a week plus, but, uh, I'm doing good. I get some time to work on a little artwork today is, you guys saw. Um, yeah. I'll post it up yeah, on the YouTube fire. page tomorrow. And, uh, and it's, it's been a good time. Been a good awesome. time. Weather's great. Love it. Yeah, I mean, this time of year, especially when it comes to, to football, like it's it's renewed hope in, in your franchise. The draft is done. You're kind of starting to see these highlight reels with these guys in shorts making making cool catches. I think I just saw a Justin Ross one with Kansas City earlier today. Um, and so it's it's a it's a strange time when it comes to podcasting because there's not a lot of news surrounding the team, but it's a fun time because we can speculate and have you know chat about 
a bunch of the potential. So that leads me to one of my questions tonight. For, well, I got one for, for you. you first. Oh, you're going to. All right, go for it. What happened to the green wall? Well, we painted it. So we're, we are, we are moving out, out of the apartment, into the house. So we, uh, we got some, uh, some primer on it and, uh, we're getting ready to, to move out. So have you got plans for the new studio at the house? Uh, I don't even think I've picked the room yet, Dave. Um, come on, I, this is stuff I dream about, but you know, as producer, I will be consulting you, um, in, in everything to make sure that it's the best possible view we can have overhead lights for a 4k camera. You got it. it it'll, you, you'll be consulted. So just got some other house projects now to, to take care of, but, uh, well, let's talk about the rookies. You guys haven't had a show since the draft where we've talked about the rookies. Is it? Well, that's not necessarily true because we had a reef on on and, and we covered well, that's all true. We had guys. a reef. The reef's awesome. But, but let's start there. Let's start there. That was one of my three questions uh, is, is the rookies. And I think as a fan, right, you have these expectations of these rookies to come in and compete and be impactful. At least that's, you know, best case scenario but in reality a lot of times rookies aren't big contributors um to nfl teams right away um, unless you're a first or second round pick or it's an immediate need on your roster um it's real they're really not going to make a solid impact and i think um viking fans may be a little bit more jaded having uh i think it's it's either near the top or the top um, amount of draft picks in the last handful of years with almost the least amount of, you know, contribution. So Viking fans are, are jaded, but with a new regime, um, new drafting style, kind of, uh, Ryan, should fans be hopeful for, you know, guys like Lewis Seen, Andrew Booth, Ed Ingram, uh, you name it. Should they be hopeful that these guys can step in and contribute day one? Or should we temper expectations? I mean, I think it's a it's a bit of both, right? You don't, you want to be optimistic and and believe you or believe you me that we have some really solid talent from this draft that I think are going to be able to contribute day one. I do think Lewisine's going to be able to do so. He does have to beat out Cam Bynum, who I think what you know in in limited play last year was pretty solid. So, I mean, you do have a little bit of an uphill battle to climb there, but eventually, you know, you're not going to see a lot of smoke around him beating him out right away. Got to earn your keeps, right? Um, but eventually, I think you will see Scene take that role um, from from Bynum, but I do think you're going to see a lot of three safety looks uh, when, when applicable there. Um, Andrew Booth, like I said, um, at, on the show after the draft as well as um, – during the draft, I, I was very pumped. Uh, Andrew Booth was a guy I was comfortable taking at twelve. I know I, that was an over um, an overdraft, if you would have, obviously, but I, I was high on him. I, I think he's one of the best pure corners in this draft. Of course, he has some injury concerns, but who doesn't? Like everyone seems like they're coming out of college with one injury hiccup here or there. Boots been nicked up quite a bit, so there is some valid concerns there. But from an on-field production standpoint, when he does play, he, he's top-notch. And 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 I think you should expect a lot from him in year one, of course. Is he going to struggle? He's a rookie. They all do. But I, I think that he's going to be able to pick it up quickly and, uh, and be able to contribute year one. Um, once you start getting a little bit further down here, um, I know Ed Ingram was, was selected in the second I always want to temper expectations with with linemen um, just because the learning curve. You can step in and be day one contributors. We've seen that with like Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith last year for the Chiefs. Um, but you really got to earn that. And we brought in some solid competition uh, with Jesse Davis um, and and uh, what's the other guy's name? Um, Reed. Dave. Chris Reed. Reed. Chris Reed. That's right. Um, that, that, you know, that, that's solid competition there at right guard. So I think Ed Ingram is going to legitimately have to earn it. And then my boy, Brian Asamoah, he, he's got a huge uphill battle to climb uh, because you do have two 
legitimate starters on that team with Jordan Hicks and, and Eric Hendricks. So um, I think you're going to see Asamoah make some big splash plays in the um, special teams play. And then when he does get his opportunities, he is really going to be able to I shine. And I, I think he's going to be a solid contributor. One of the things that I want to kind of keep in mind there for everyone listening is the fact that we are essentially getting two rookie classes out of this class. We did not see anything from any of the rookies outside of Derisaw. And, and again, Bynum a little bit, right, last year to really warrant that understanding what that class provides at all. So you're already hearing rumors that Kellen Mond is picking up the playbook well. He's making checks at the line that maybe the coach wasn't even expecting him to make at this point in time. Uh, you're, you're hearing things about Wyatt Davis, and uh, I haven't heard anything about Chaz Surratt yet, but you know, you, you see these guys who really we didn't see at all as rookies. And hopefully, you know, maybe one or two of them will pop with this new regime as well. Um, you know, uh, yeah, Kenny uh, Wangu, uh, Timothy, uh, yep, you're right. He, he splashed in the return game. So, you know, you, you're getting another class, I think, of, of talent that's still relatively young that we just don't know much about. So hopefully you're going to get some hits from last year's class and this year's class. Um, I think there's a lot of talent to work with. And, that, and that's the benefit of, of new coaches and new regimes in general, right, is it's a clean slate for everybody on the roster, no matter where you were standing with the last set of you know coaches. And so for guys like Kellen Mond, like Wyatt Davis, who, you know, whether or not it was justified at the time, kind of had this red flag on them that they, you know, weren't really impressive it's a new opportunity, uh, but but going back to just the current draft class um, from from just April here. I know we talked about making an impact, but what what would be what would be something that I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this? But when you think of Lewis Seen, um, what would be an acceptable level whether it's like let's let's talk statistics wise would it be like a certain amount of interceptions that help this team would it be um you know a key player in the run game how how can we value or rank the the rookies coming in um in 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 what their contributions would be yeah, that's a good question. I think there's there's a few different things that you want to look for out of each of these positions that you are going to kind of gauge whether a player played well or not, right? So at safeties, I almost look at it as more as how many mistakes did you either cover up from the from the cornerback standpoint, right? Like did you erase um or how many uh splash plays can you make, right? So with uh, seeing he's a great guy because he's going to be a little bit like a Harrison Smith, in my opinion, where you can play him in the box, you can play him high. Again, you, you don't really want to match either of them up just like in man coverage, ideally, if you can avoid it. And if you are, it's probably with a tight end um, versus a receiver. But either way, you're going to get big hits. You're going to get uh, splash plays from that perspective and then hopefully an interception or two right and then again it's the erase plays right when the corner you know bites on a fake and scene can cover cover you know half the field and and make the play on the ball to cause an incompletion those are going to be the plays that we're really looking for out of him this rookie year and again is he going to make all of them probably not is booth going to let somebody go past him and and scene's going to miss that assignment they're rookies. That stuff's going to happen. But the more you see of that or the more comfortable or like the near misses there, those are going to be the things that I look for out of a successful campaign for seed. Booth, um, again, it's going to be a little bit different. Obviously, corner, you're a little bit more on an island. So you're, you're obviously looking at, you know, passer rating versus them, right? You want to see that as a nice low number. Uh, pass deflections, I think, is a little bit more important than interceptions. Obviously, you want to make those plays on the ball and, and pick the ball off. But if you're there and you're making the play and causing those incompletions, those are going to be huge um, uh, from that perspective as well. Um, I don't really care how many receptions you're letting up. It's more the big plays in the yards, right? Like if, if you're going to let up a five yard hitch on a third and eight and, and you make the tackle, great. Like that, I'm fine with that. Um, and, and people will see that and be like, oh, he let up six catches. Well, yeah, but it was only for 38 yards. Who, who really cares, right? Um, they didn't get so, the first down and they had to punt. 
So it's exactly perfect. you're right, you Dave. Exactly. You, you, you just want to avoid the big plays there. Um, and then again, you know, Ed Ingram, you basically just don't want to hear from him, right? You want to, you want to like basically be like, oh, he did he even play? Because you know he just did his job and and he didn't get beat badly. No, I want to hear. Did you see that pancake blocked by Ed Ingram? <laughs> he just totally lifted that linebacker and pounded him into the turf. I love I to think, hear that sort of thing. I think you the, know, announcers don't say that very often, but yes, you're right. I mean, obviously, if you can hear those those words, that's great. Dave says it. Um, Dave says it from his his man cave. Oh yes, there you go. And then and then guys uh, guys in the later rounds like the Nailers and the again Osamoas um, of of the world. Again, you're just hoping to make those impact impact plays on special teams, um, whether that's a Nailer big punt return. Um, or uh, or just the fact that he didn't fumble a punt return, right? Uh, or didn't yeah. make a mistake. Um, you look at Asamoah making some big plays, maybe uh, maybe making a big tackle from that perspective uh, on a punt return or kickoff return that uh, was able to uh, mitigate a big gain for them, right? Th- those are the the little things from those later round guys. And then again, like I want to see these. Um, I, I want to see like a surprise pick. You know what I mean? Like one of those picks that went in the later rounds or undrafted that really um, that really could, you know, make make an impact play, a couple impact plays to make this like later rounds guys a little bit more memorable. They, they did it in uh, with the Rams. There was a lot of players who did, were successful late rounds. I hope to see that we have a couple of those. Maybe um, I forget how to say his first name, but Evans, the corner from Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, you know may, maybe he makes a big impact, kind of like Cam Dantzler did his rookie year, right? Or um, yeah, or or you see another you know impact play from one of these guys in the later rounds. I think that'd be a lot of fun to see and give fans a little bit of hope that not only are we hitting the top guys, but we're also hitting the guys in the uh, the late rounds. Yeah, I think so. One one person I point to when you want to essentially look at how rookies are doing throughout throughout the year is let's go back to Brian O'Neill when we first had him um, and he was thrust into the Green Bay Packer game and I, I thought he held up pretty well um, when he first got in there and the one thing with O'Neill that I think a lot of rookies it it's like a scale when you can kind of tell they're they're getting the game is make a mistake once and learn from that mistake and you don't see it happen again. And, and we saw that consistently with O'Neal to his trajectory now to, you know, I, w- I would call him an elite right tackle. Um, he would make mistakes in his rookie year and he wouldn't make them again. He would fix it and move on. And I think if we can get that from an Andrew Booth, a Lewis scene, um, an Ed Ingram, three guys who I think a lot of people are expecting to maybe contribute on day one, um, I think that's a success. And then when you talk about the, the, the other players like um, Naylor, your your Oklahoma linebacker and stuff like that, I, th- I think the key there is, to your point, can they make impact special teams plays? Uh, because it, it's not going to be on the offensive or de- defensive side of the ball unless they're lighting it up. Um, so can they you know, continue – continue to contribute on special teams and make an immediate impact there. Or, um, or to your point, Matt, uh, you know, if you are thrust into a starting position, like again, Jordan Hicks or Eric Kendricks go down, Brian Osmo right. steps in and can you make an impact player too? Can, and, and again, mitigate those mistakes, see what happened on film and, and, and correct that, um, you know, cause that, that's what you're going to get out of these, these later round guys. Um, as much as hope as I have for Osamoa, I don't expect him to be a day one starter. Can is he better than Jordan Hicks? Yes, but I don't expect him to beat him up for that job right away. You got to earn your keeps, right? And so when you get that opportunity, can you make that pass deflection and coverage? Can you read that and get a tackle for loss? Can you get off a block? Because that's one thing that people are nervous about with him. Can you get off a block and run down a tackler? Right? Those are things that you know. Once you're able to get in game live um, situations and you can prove it then that's success right there. Yep. Um, before we shift to our uh, our next topic here, I see some people in the chat. So just want to say thank you guys for hopping in. And I know we haven't been here for a while, so um, it, it's, it's nice to see some familiar names in there again. And 
Freddie calls us out right away and says that we need some some Vikings flair. So I have an excuse, Ryan. I'm I'm moving. Things are packed away in boxes. Um, this is the literally my laptop is sitting on like the only table in our apartment. Everything else is gone. But I don't know what your excuse is. Um, I don't. I don't really wear Vikings gear outside of the Vikings season, and even <laughs> then, it's really just on Sundays. Uh, so I, yeah, you're right. You know what, Freddie? Next next week, I'll come with Vikings gear on. I got plenty of it upstairs. <laughs> I just don't really wear it off season. There's a solution to it. Hats? No. Oh, no, gear and back. Yes, you're right. Yeah, you know, unlike you, Dave, I, I don't have a, an area dedicated for all of this yet. So. Um, <laughs> You think I'm, I'm bad? I'm like Matt. I've been in my house for about four years, but I, I just, you know, you know, where are we going to put it? Basement doesn't get good uh, internet reception, and and, and the offices, you know, oh. for my work, right? So <laughs> I just, I don't know where to. The basement, flare up the, you can get the, a yeah. booster, um, mm-hmm. make those for internet, so you improve that. But if you want to see a Vikings wall, actually two, we have a fan, a great fan that watches this show almost religiously, that has a fantastic set of Mary. Vikings wall. Mary Fisk. Yeah, She's got some you know great what, stuff. That gives me an idea before we go to our next topic. We should, one week, have our viewers submit in, you know, where where they watch their Vikings games from, if, if they have like a Vikings cave or something. And then Ryan and I, because I don't have a, a Vikings cave, at least not yet. Um, we can we can rate them and, and rank which one is the best. I think that'd be fun uh, to kill some time on on a Vikings happy hour yeah, uh, summer good. show. Yeah, and then and you, you get go, to see what everyone's up to. Right, you can see starting out. This is the best new beginner. This is the best, you know, yeah. long time fan. This is whatever. Yeah, it sounds yeah. good. I just we'll need some artwork, Dave. That's what I need. I need some of that artwork of yours. It's easy. It's easy, brother. Just talk so, to me uh, what you want. Let's, um, let's switch to a, a topic that is near and dear to everyone's hearts and will, will never go away as long as this man is on the roster. And I am here tonight to uh, profess my optimism as it pertains to Kirk Cousins. Um, is that going to keep okay i thought it was going to like keep going for a second there (laughs) um so here it is i am here to tell you why kirk cousins can lead the vikings to the promised land are you ready all right go for it so we have to rewind back a little bit, and it, this this actually doesn't pertain to Kirk Cousins. But a year ago, a little over a year ago, when Matthew Stafford was traded to the Los Angeles Rams, Ryan's already got a smirk on his face. He, he's not even going to take me seriously. When when Stafford was take or uh, traded to the L.A. Rams, in summary, his twelve year uh, you know totals or averages with the the Detroit Lions, he averages 62.3 completion percent. I'm going to throw a bunch of stats at you guys right now, so just bear with me. Uh, 62.3% completion percentage. He averaged about 3,700 yards a season, 23 touchdowns, 12 picks, a 90 quarterback rating, and only 7.15 yards per attempt. Everybody says, he is who he is. We know who Stafford is, right? He's a gritty, you know, gunslinger, can't win the Super Bowl. Um, Kirk Cousins is better than him, which I would still agree that Kirk Cousins is better than Matthew Stafford. But then Stafford goes to McVay and O'Connell. And what happens to all those stats that he had, his averages? Well, they all go up. 67.2 completion center – or completion percentage which is up from his average in Detroit he jumped from 3700 to 4500 yards passing uh, 23 touchdowns to 38 touchdowns he also threw more interceptions but that's okay because more touchdowns came with it 
Uh, he boosted his quarterback rating up to 101.8 with the Rams, and he increased his yards per attempt by one more yard. He's up to eight. So when I tell you things like that, that Stafford, a guy who is who he was, everybody's like, he is who he is, and we know we know what he's going to do, went out and played better under O'Connell and McVay. I sit here and I pose to you, Ryan, why can't Kirk Cousins do that? Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Is the problem that Kirk Cousins has been playing quite poorly, or is the problem that our team is not set up for success? Well, I think you could argue right now that the team is is at least offensively is loaded. I mean, when you when you look at the offensive line, two bookend tackles now, and two good guards, and we'll get to the center conversation after this uh, because I. I am. I'm high on potential this year. I'm. I'm ready to go. Um, and then you look where, at the where, weapons around. Where I, I mean, I'm optimistic too, man. I really am. Like again, this is the time of the year to be optimistic, right? You just got new rookies coming in. Yeah. We haven't seen a lick of coverage in terms of how great or poorly they're playing on offseason workouts, right? So all we know is optimism at this point. But what I, what, what my question is is are is has Kirk Cousins played poorly last year, the year before, the year before, or has our team just not been set up for success because of a myriad of different things? One of them being that player's contract. But, I don't but think that, Kirk's uh, contract affects Kirk's play. Yeah, so it doesn't. It, it doesn't affect it Kirk's affects play, the but rest it does affect the team. The, it but does it doesn't affect, affect our team in general, right? And who we can sign and who we can put. So, in front of so what I'm getting here, of- what I'm getting to here, Matt, is that yeah. yes, Matt Stafford's play last year is about as, as about as average as what Kirk Cousins does. Right? He typically puts up about 4,500 ish yards a season. He's completing about 70 percent of his passes. He's throwing up 30 plus touchdowns and 10 or less ish interceptions. Right? Like it's not that Kirk Cousins has played incredibly poorly, but what hasn't been the case is we're not set up for success right now or we we haven't been i should say right you look at what stafford walked into he walked into having aaron donald and jalen ramsey on his team do we have that maybe he walked into having he we walked into having cooper cup robert woods and then eventually odell beckham jr van jefferson one of the best left tackles in the game pretty solid offensive line overall and a decent running attack right where again we have all those things we have good receivers we have a good tight end if he's healthy we have a great running back we have a really good offensive tackles right hopefully hopefully Darisaw keeps up his trajectory Mm -hmm. like it's not all that different on offense but what we don't have is we don't like why did the Rams win that Super Bowl because Aaron Donald made that play Aaron Donald makes that doesn't make that play they're toast right like that that's the well, there's that they have there's... elite they have elite players they have elite coaching we might be able to get there but they have like real they had a really good solid system both on both sides of the ball and i don't know if we're there yet not to say we won't be there but i don't know if we're there yet but but my question is is do you think that kirk cousins can take that that step that stafford took i don't even think he needs to like from like from a pure volume perspective, right? Like if we're talking raw stats, if we're just talking the raw stats you're talking about, he's already where Stafford's at uh, after being with the Rams. So exactly. if he takes a step, sure he can maybe be better. But what what stats are we not talking about here? The important ones. We're not talking about third down efficiency, right? We're not talking about 
um, yards per attempt. I mean, which we were, I guess, with Stafford, but you know where where that's at with Kirk. We're not talking about you know the risks. Like I don't care if you have a lower completion percentage and more interceptions. If you have the balls to take a look right, throw that ball you know left into traffic and, and throw to Cooper Cup to make a huge first down to hopefully get to the Super Bowl winning drive, right? Like Kirk Cousins doesn't make that play. And that that's the issue is yeah, Kirk Cousins in in a vacuum, if you look at raw stats, he's a great quarterback. He really is top top ten for sure. But it's it's those it factor plays that we miss from him. It's the I'm gonna take a risk play, which he did take a few more last year, which I'll give him some kudos for. He threw he threw that ball up to Thielen and Jefferson a couple times where I'm like, ooh, you probably should have thrown that, but I respect that because last year you weren't doing that and and we're we're losing opportunities when you don't give those guys a chance when they're one on one, right? Like he's not he doesn't do that at I think at a high enough clip for me to say um he's better than Stafford, because I think Stafford has bigger balls. But so but is O'Connell the key to unlocking that more aggressive play? Yes. I don't think we so. Because we did see a few more of those balls deep to Jefferson and Thielen last year, but we also saw plenty of runs where Jefferson's wide open, 10 yards past the, the defender, and Kirk's checking down to C.J. Hamm. Um, I think Kirk is who he is. So I don't know necessarily if a coach is going to be able to coach that. that's what we said about you- Stafford. Yeah, but this, but we're not talking about a we're not talking about a player's um, raw stats here that Stafford got better at. Stafford's always been who Stafford is. He just didn't have talent around him to be able to do what he did. Like he had Stafford was always aggressive. Yeah, he's always aggressive. Like it's a mindset mentality thing. Like you even look at there's a clip I think Jason posted. Jason Brown, um, our fearless leader here, uh, that posted a, a few months or a couple months back with O'Connell and and Cousins talking and and Cousins is like yeah when we get this lead I just don't like to be aggressive I like to you know play it safe and then you know I think O'Connell says something and Stafford's like yeah I just or it's not Stafford uh Cousins is like yeah I just don't know right like it's just that mentality it's that conservative mentality he has I'm not talking politics here I'm talking on the field play it's that mentality that he has where you know, he wants to play it safe at all times. And sometimes you just don't have that ability and you need to grow so, a grow a pair. And not to say he doesn't ever do that. He just doesn't do it enough, I think, to take this team to where it needs to be. Well, Nicholas so, Boatwright said he has the arm talent to do it. And w- without a doubt, he does. I don't absolutely. even argue that. He's got great arm talent, deep, intermediate, obviously short i.e. check down passes, but he can hit anybody 45 yards, 50 yards down the field, on a run, he's great at it. Ryan Ryan is the it's the mental thing, and that's always been my beef with him. But I'm hoping, like Matt said, Kevin O'Connell can unlock some of that. And that he does get more aggressive. And we go to a higher octane offense. Um, And here's the other thing about about the Kirk stuff right now that leaves me feeling optimistic about it. This is the first time in Kirk Cousins' career uh, where he is wanted, or at least perceived as wanted, right? Because when he was starting in Washington, he kind of wore out his welcome with the whole franchise tag, contract, whatever. People were ready to see him go. Um, ownership, you know, kept signing him to the to the franchise tender, and you know, of course, you're going to sign it when you're making ridiculous money like that. But then he comes here to Minnesota. Somebody here wanted him, but Mike Zimmer certainly did not. Um, which probably led to a lot of you know, I can't screw up because coach, I'm already on a short leash with coach. Like I can't, I can't continue. He wasn't on no short panel. leash, man. They, they were, we were paying him thirty million dollars a year. He was not on no short leash. He well, knew he had all the free reign to go and do whatever he wanted. Don't give me that short lease know, talk. 
I, I'm serious on though. A fully I mean, guaranteed contract, no less. Yeah, I'm they, not, he, he knew he not, he knew he wasn't getting no plug pulled on him. We had no. What were you going to put Sean Mannion out there? No, he no he could be honestly. Actually, if anything, Matt, he should have been the most aggressive at that point because even if he did make mistakes, we had nothing else to go towards. You're not putting Sean Mannion out there. We saw what happened there. You had the like the I'm most. Not saying short I know leashes, your coach is like telling he's you. Gonna, Bench him. Yeah, I know, but like I know your coach is probably telling you, let's play conservative, let's run the ball, let's do whatever. Dude, if you're a leader, like you think Aaron Rodgers, you think Tom Brady, whoever, name whatever quarterback you want, is like, yes, coach, I'm gonna listen to you. We're gonna just be super conservative. I won't put the ball in danger at all. No. No, you you do what you need to do to win those games. And 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 again, out of any year, I mean, even now he still probably has a pretty far, you know long leash comparatively because unless Kellen Mond suddenly is this great player, like he still has nobody behind him. So like you have that ability to, to, you had that ability to just be as aggressive as you wanted to be. And he chose to play the conservative route because what does that do for you? It guarantees, because if you put up low interceptions and high touchdown numbers and put up good consistent numbers and high completion percentage, you get paid. And that's what Kirk's all about is, I want my money. And that's fine. I, I'm not going to fault him for that. I want my money too if I can. So, like, I just don't see his mentality changing to become this suddenly this a very aggressive player who's going to push the ball down the field consistently. Like you and Dave said, coaching does matter. But if you look back at, yeah. what was that, 2017 before he joined our team, he was, and with O'Connell as his OC, he still wasn't that aggressive. And he had decent receivers at that time, I think. I'm just saying. He finally bought a new car. And actually, I want to go back to a comment real quick. I think it was Mary. <laughs> Mary, Cousins needs to go, go out and have some fun, if that ain't the truth. But when, go when you got fun. But maybe he didn't feel like he could have fun under Mike Zimmer. And whether or not he should have had a different mindset with a guaranteed contract like he had, feelings are justified. And if he felt I mean, like I, Mike, I, you make a valid point. You make a valid point. If, if you feel if, if you feel Zimmer, wanted, you might feel play better. You're right. Like, do you perform better at work if you know that you your your boss supports you in everything that you do? Of course, you do. Perform either way because I'm getting paid, baby. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, yes, yes when you're valued and recognized, yes, you perform. You feel better about being at work, sure, yeah. But I, either I mean, way, I'm going to perform. You're able to roll with the punches a little bit more. But if you have a boss that's maybe overbearing, you're just going to – you're not going to want to make a mistake. Even if you have – you make a lot of money. I mean, making a lot of money uh, hey, outside of the aren't you the one that wanted to keep Mike Zimmer here? I, yes, I did. And I still think that the 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 flack that he is getting post uh, being fired from – he, from, hey, from he's being, being a baller partner. for the way he's holding that holding that silence down, right? Like, oh, yes. respect to him. Respect a to wise, him. a wise man once said nothing at all, man. You, you know, you know the Drake lyrics. Uh, yeah, I prefer Kanye, <laughs> but that's right. But no, what I'm trying to say, in all all seriousness, is it, it's <laughs> <laughs> Joseph. That has to be the remark of the night. Thank you. All I'm trying to say is. This is a time to be hopeful for the season. It's to look. <laughs> hey, Matt, blink, tw- blink twice if you're if you're safe. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a time to be hopeful for the upcoming season, and I think that Viking fans should be hopeful right now. Um, we're not we're not rebuilding. We're, we are competitively rebuilding, but they have shown us that they are ready to go all in on this season again, and. Uh, I think they, they proved that in the draft. They proved that with, you know, retaining Patrick Peterson and bringing in some free agents as well. And so I think when you compile all that, um, I mean, even the, even the players at OTAs are talking about the, the fresh, fun energy at practice. And I know it's all kind of hearsay, right? What, what else are they going to say? It's miserable. No, they're not going to go out and say that. But what I'm trying to say is that, I think I think we have reason to be optimistic heading into this season, and I think Kirk Cousins. Are you ready for this, Dave? Uh-huh. Sitting down. I think Kirk Cousins could lead us to the Super Bowl. Oh boy! <laughs> All right.
I, I knew this was coming, right? I did artwork for it today, as you saw on the yes. promo and the clip with the Vikings and the Lombardi versus the Buffalo Bills. It's the rubber match. Oh, you're Who gets you going five first? You're going to uh, kill me with that, though, because that means we're going up against Diggs. Well, hey, yes, Diggs' revenge game. You got Phillips' revenge game on our side. I'm Leslie cool. Frazier revenge game. Oh yeah, a plenty, a plenty, plenty of storylines. The NFL would love it for all the storylines that there was. If he can make the Super Bowl, and theoretically, that's possible. That would be amazing. I'll d- help design the statue. The whole works. Oh, there's no that's statue, cool. man. I, if he wins, I'm not going that far. Oh, if he wins, he'll get a statue. If he wins the Super Bowl, he's getting a statue for sure. Um, But when I heard it, I'm trying to remember which show I heard it on. New coaches make the playoffs their first season. It's just barely over 25% of the time. And to me, that number seemed high. That's a pretty good number. That's pretty good odds, yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's one in four. So that's not bad. So – um, Why not us? But when it gets Why to not us? how many don't win that first round <laughs> and are out, that that takes up just about all of them, right? I don't think there's been a rookie head coach that's made it to the Super Bowl. The only no, one I serious. think of is uh, Freddie Brad that's Johnson wrong. had like one of the best defenses ever to to lead him there. <laughs> like well, you're right. Dude, there's no, quarterbacks uh, that made that made and won the Super Bowl that Kirk Cousins are significantly better than, but the the team makes a difference and we don't have that defense. Right. So that's I okay. Can, I mean, I'm gonna be optimistic. I can think Jimmy Johnson, when he left the Cowboys and Barry Switzer came in. Barry Switzer, I think, went his first year. Um but can you think of any others that went their first year? It's it's extremely extremely tight. Do I hope it happens? Oh, hell yes. I, I'm i not going to live forever. I want to see one before I die, baby. Um, yeah. I hope, I hope Kevin O'Connell unlocks that aggressive gene. I hope, as uh, Freddie's been saying, the new van, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the gray one was the gray ghost. The new one is, uh, um, what's his name? The wizard, uh, the white, and uh, Gandalf the White. Yeah. I hope, I you know, hey, anything can happen. And, you know, plus the season is random. There's a whole bunch of injury. Luck, oh, yeah. not luck. I do think we improve that injury luck factor by getting a, a sports science guy. We have a new staff that way. That's going to help. Um, there's, there's different things. There's different ways, you know, the schedule – plays out. I think we've got a good schedule the way it's scheduled. Uh, we had nine home games, seven away games, and uh, the one neutral site game. I think things can go right. If you want hope and positivity, yes, things can go right. And then take the rest of our division. Aaron Rodgers could be washed, pissed off because he has no one to throw to. And Detroit can Detroit and Chicago looks like a dumpster fire. So we got to get to the, you know, to that final stage. And I think that can happen. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and again, let, let, let's sit here and just say this though, right? Like I'm this whole topic, this whole conversation really got started around Kirk Cousins, right? Like, can he take us there? Can he improve enough to get us to where we need to be? I don't think, and, and I know there's people that are listening to this are probably going to be like, what the heck is he talking about? Because he's talked, you know, awful things on Kirk Cousins' name over the years. I don't think Kirk Cousins is the problem, the player. The player, Kirk Cousins, is not the problem. The contract will eventually continue to be a problem unless we can hit on these draft picks like the, like the Rams have been able to do over the last few years, right? Like hitting on those later round picks, right? If you can develop a team that way 
and not need to go spend big money on big free agents and be able to keep your own guys that are worth keeping. You can do it. The Rams are proof of it. There's other teams that have been proof of being able to be a high-quality team while paying a quarterback a lot of money. I don't think Kirk Cousins is the problem from the player on the field standpoint outside of his aggressiveness. I think he needs to be more aggressive. Hopefully, our coaching staff will be able to unleash that in him. I don't think it will happen. I don't think that's in his DNA, but hopefully they can get there. The issue is we need to build up this defense. We need to build up the interior line. We might have done it. Chris Reed, I'm very positive on him. Ed Ingram, I think he could be quality. Ezra Cleveland is solid. And to our next topic, our our center needs to improve, in my opinion, and we'll get to that topic here in a second. But our offense is there. Our offense is there. We can do it. Our defense needs to improve. Last year was one of the worst in the league. I think it's made major strides already this year in terms of replacing an often heard Anthony Barr um, by, by, by bringing in some talent at cornerback, by drafting a high-octane high safety that's going to be a tone setter for this team, by drafting an Oklahoma player that I'm super excited about. Like, <laughs> there are, there, there is going to be value in this defense that can continue to improve, and I'm excited to see it, but we need to see that production improve on the field. And by golly, I'm – super confident in Ed Donatel and his ability to do that with this team. So I, I'm excited. I, I have a similar optimism. I don't think Super Bowl is necessarily this year, but I do have optimism that this team's going to improve from that eight and nine that we have. He's in, he's in on it, folks. Ryan believes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I did say this was going to be a shorter show, but every time we hop on, we just can't stop talking. But why not the yeah, Super Bowl, Ryan? Why not? I take the NFC, need, right? Well, who, need, what teams you need are a lot, the you need a lot to happen right to make it to this? Well, level. but that can happen. Why not us? You're you're right. Why not us? We have to get through a Tom Brady led Tampa team that's still pretty damn good. We have to beat an Aaron Rodgers team, but we almost done. beat him last year. You're right. We have to beat an Aaron Rodgers team led team that which we've done oftentimes. We have to beat them in the super or in, in the we playoffs, also almost or, beat Tampa. You know, in Tampa. You have you have the Niners who are solid, you have the Rams who are solid and Super Bowl champs. Uh you have I, I think you're gonna have teams that get better like the Cardinals. You have teams that are gonna get better. Um yeah, I just there there's I'm drawing a blank on specific teams. The Eagles, I think, are gonna be a really sneaky team because their defense is solid. Uh, solid enough, and they have a they have a, 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 a offensive style that hurts teams like us that need the ball to be effective. And if, when they can run the ball the way they can because of their quarterback and their run game, um, and, and they can do some clock management. Basically, that's Mike Zimmer's dream is that team right now. So, like, and I think Jalen Hurts takes an, uh, another step, and they what they just traded for AJ Brown. You have Devontae Smith on a second year. I mean, you got some teams that are going to be getting better as we need to continue to get better. Um, it's not going to be a cakewalk, but you're right. Why not us? It is possible. I'm not going to sit here and drink the Kool Aid all in. I'm not ready to die on this hill, but I am sitting here saying with. With, with this coaching staff, with this team, especially this offensive unit, I think we can be qu- a high quality team. Well, let's get to let's get to the last topic I have, which I think will be a key a key person to watch in this upcoming season. And his name is Garrett Bradbury, um, fifth year option declined. I think a lot of fans have felt. Uh, disappointed by uh, his play through three years, and this is likely to be his last season. Now, I'm going to... With the Vikings. Yes. He'll get rid of his ass. He shouldn't even be starting this year. I'm not going to even let you get to your question. This dude is garbage. I'm (laughs) sick of Garrett Bradbury. I had high hopes because my best friend is an NC State fan. He loves NC State. He hyped up Garrett Bradbury. To the nines, and this dude came in and was a turnstile on pass on pass protection. I love what he does in the run game. 
I'm passive. And sure, yes, a new coaching staff makes everyone better, whatever. No, we need to get somebody who can pass protect in that center position. Well, well, this that's why I bring this up because again, much like Matt Stafford and Kirk Cousins with the whole Kevin O'Connell, Kevin O'Connell effect, I'm going to introduce somebody else. His name's Brian Allen. He was the Rams' starting center, and uh, in 2019, Brian Allen was PFF's 34th ranked center. He ranked two spots ahead of Garrett Bradbury that year. He missed 2020 uh, uh, because of an injury. But who came along in 2020 to the to the LA Rams? It was, Austin it was Blythe. Kevin, it was Kevin O'Connell. Oh, sure. Kevin O'Connell yeah, had who, entered the who picture. Who was the O-line coach? That doesn't fit my narrative, Dave. But who that's what entered? matters. <laughs> <laughs> Who entered in 2020? It was Kevin O'Connell. And what did Brian Allen do in his first year under Kevin O'Connell as offense coordinator? Well, he was the 10th ranked center in pro, by Pro Football Focus. So why can't Garrett Bradbury make that same jump? And that's the question I pose to you tonight. Because he cannot block a defensive tackle that's over 300 pounds. But it's not even it's not even just that though because a lot of their measurables Brian Allen and uh, Garrett Bradbury are about the same. In measurables fact, Brad- doesn't matter. It's play strength. It's anchor. It's a technique. There's so much more that goes into it than measurables. Garrett Bradbury has proven for three straight years that if you put anyone over 300 pounds on him one on one, he's going to fold like a picnic table, and he is going to get our quarterback hurt. Right, like. We, he's not good. And sure, you can sit here and give me all of this narrative. I love it. I know it's the point of the show. I get it. We got to create intrigue around a topic around a Garrett Bradbury or whomever. They didn't pick up his option for a reason because he's garbage. We need to replace him because he's garbage. I wanted Creed Humphrey last year. We'd be set up for success right now. We didn't do it. We need to give an opportunity to one of these guys or go sign JC Treader right away and not deal with this another year because part of the reason Kirk Cousins cannot be as successful as you want him to be and put him into this Matt Stafford-like ascension to the Super Bowl is that center position. And no, it doesn't matter how good that guard play is around him. If you can scheme up a way to get him one-on-one with a defensive tackle, he's going to fold. And then you have a, a you're, you're in a compromised position. Somebody's going to have to come off and help. That's going to allow somebody else to get in. Kirk Cousins panics under pressure. That's where he is his worst as a quarterback. Clean pocket, Kirk Cousins is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, probably top five. But outside of a clean pocket, he stinks. Damn. So we cannot allow that to happen. I guess we don't even have to play this play the season this year. We can just Ryan already knows what's going to happen. <laughs> well, <laughs> now there's a lot of things I agree agrees with, Ryan with me. On. It's not even like I'm wrong um, here. Why did I- you guys have watched my shows. Why did I like Ed Ingram so much? Great pass blocker. His technique. His technique is sound. How he pass blocks, especially on pass blocking. Um, Garrett actually may be a better run blocker. But pass blocking, however, Ed Ingram loves to finish run blocks like no other. He's a punisher. I love that. But on pass blocking, Ed Ingram has great technique. He keeps his weight over the balls of his feet. He keeps his feet constantly moving. Uh, when a defensive lineman gets close, he's in the perfect position. He does his shot, stuns, tries to stand him up. It keeps his feet moving, and he constantly gets like that. I've explained when it comes to Bradbury. Bradbury pass blocking, takes a step, takes a step, plants, and then the defensive lineman hits him and knocks him over center. It's a leverage and balance thing. It's a technique thing. If if our new offensive line staff, with the influence of the guards next to him, can teach him better technique, he will not get forklifted into Kirk Cousins' lap as much as he has in the past. It's an if. I'm hoping that's the case 
because they seem to be sticking with Garrett Bradbury at center. And the key is he can be small and he can be good, but he's got to get his technique down and learn how to do it. And that's his one sore point. If you look at him in run blocking, he's good. He's constantly grades in the 70s. When you look at his pass blocking, he's lucky to make 50, right? And Garrett 60. Bradbury's new nickname for me is Pallet because he gets, gets forklifted like a Pallet constantly. No, I am done. I am sick and tired of it. I am done. I don't care how much optimism you two want to spew on me on Garrett Bradbury. I'm not saying I'll there's optimism. The I'm saying there's team. possibility. I'll buy into the O'Connell scheme. I'll buy into. Everything else you're trying to sell today, Matt, I will not buy into any Garrett Bradbury garbage. And you can clip this. You can throw that out on the internet. If I'm wrong, I will eat crow happily. But there is zero chance that that guy is a high-level contributor. And I think it was Anthony. He he put out here in the comments that why don't we give Hinton a chance? Anyone's better than Bradbury at this point, in my opinion. Hinton's not and good. Sorry. What, what we're – what we're sitting here with, which I'm very excited about, is a clean slate. We don't have Rick Spielman sitting here saying, well, that was my first-round pick. You have to play him. Or trying to justify anything. All these guys get a fresh set of eyes. Sure, they like Garrett Bradbury because he's a good run blocker. We're still going to run the ball. He probably will play center. If they can't figure out how to fix that anchor, which I don't think that's something you can fix with him, we're, we're drafting a center or, or we're signing J.C. Treader. Like, we have to all, be one of the two. All I want to say is, for everybody listening right now or watching, um, this is coming from the guy who stand Drew Samia. So I take did. that for what it's worth. I did. You come hey, out of college and you play the way he did in college, you're going to stand him. I was I was hyping Drew Samia, too, because that boy had I also hyped up Bear Bradbury when he came out of college, too, and what did that happen? So maybe you just don't listen to my offensive line advice when they're coming out of college because clearly it hasn't worked well. <laughs> Except for I right. did actually I did have Darisaw over Rashawn Slater, which is obviously a fail, but hopefully I'm right on him in terms of him being quality. I think so. I I I've I've put my, my purple Kool-Aid down. Um I'm ready to reason with you a little bit. Uh but we'll pick that up on the next episode. Right. <laughs> says, no fifth year means competition at the position. And Bradbury will not win it. Well, we'll see. And no fifth year also means he's uh, fighting for a, a next contract, which may be the little bit of motivation he needs. Because nobody wants to, to have a better technique against that bull rush. We'll see. Mm-hmm. And if he has been holding that back for his for his contract year, uh, you know, and then the hell with him is anyway. Like God, I'm so mad at him. I hate him so much. <laughs> Hey, no, no, no. Also, I, don't uh, hate. I just dislike him. Game changer 16's thrown in the ch- He's freaking me out in the chat. He's like, you got someone looking at <laughs> looking at you through your window. <laughs> I think he's Great. thinking that you're being held hostage for all the Kool-Aid you're drinking tonight. <laughs> yeah, well, really, it's, it's just water. So this is just... This Joe is Spinoza? Is that is that who somebody said earlier? <laughs> yeah, Joe Spinoza earlier. <laughs> yes. Freddie asked, over and under, 8.5 wins. Oh, man. Over. Over. <laughs> she was hot. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think this team can get to 10 wins uh, pretty easily. So I'll go, I'll go over with Ryan on that. that we'll, we'll bring the over-under game back this year, um, have a little fun with that as well. But um, I think that wraps it for a show. I think – I think I think we knocked off some rust, um, and, and we had some fun with the conversations. And that's all. That's all the time that uh, the off season's for is is for the fun fodder. And um, you know, I, I don't want I don't want to steal it from our 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 friends over there. But the reckless speculation it's it's all about you know we don't have anything to critique quite yet until we get the pads on. So. Um, We'll keep doing this until we get to that point. So for everybody that was in the chat tonight, uh, thank you for firing it up and and listening. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, I appreciate that as well. Um, We are going to be switching to an every other week show. So until training camp, uh, 
So you can find us back here in a couple weeks, uh, June 8th. We will be back for another episode, and we'll make sure it's loaded with tons of content. Um, I'd also be remiss if I didn't give a shout-out to our sponsor, Lake Monster Brewing. If you're here in the cities um, or at your local liquor store in the cities, go grab some Lake Monster or check out their patio. Uh, The weather is warm. Uh, Spring and summer are upon us, and there's no better place than that Lake Monster patio with the water tower sitting out front it's fantastic so make sure you head over there um ryan this is delicious on a patio i can guarantee it it's delicious in my living room so i have that i have it in a a a crowler it's very good so uh ryan thanks for hopping on again this week dave thank you for producing i'll let you send the show off and also make sure you answer uh freddie's question in the chat thank you everybody Freddie, contact me um, some way, direct uh, message, Facebook, Twitter, even on YouTube. I'll post the the image I created today. Tomorrow you can see me there. If you post it, it comes under Climbing a Pocket, but that's, I'm the one that's generally running that. If I'm not, Matt is. Matt can shoot me a message, and uh, we can get hook up and talk about what you're looking for, what I already have. And then do stuff like that. So, with that, (laughs) Saturday, we have Darren and I. We are going to continue with our show, Two Old Bloggers. I haven't a clue what we're going to talk about this week. Um, Probably hit up on the OTAs, what's been going on. Maybe go over the stupid uniform number changes. It's going to get weird to... See guys out there in certain numbers for us old timers, gray beards. Um, but who knows? Let's see. I'll talk to Darren and find out. And until then, what do we say? Skull Vikes. Skull Vikes. Skull Vikings! Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout out goes to our partners, the Daily Norsemen, where the best. Vikings content can be found and to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>